0: This podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at cyphercast.net. And follow us on Twitter at CypherCastNet.
1: Community building and tiny people are our touchstones today. That's right, folks, we're back from hiatus. It's October 2018, and this is episode 22 of the CypherCast.
0: Welcome to the Cyphercast uh for october um our first one trying to do it live so hey if you're listening <laughs> to this not live well uh you could have saw us over at twitch.tv slash other doc um we'll be here um next month doing it as well um i am andrew katie and i'm here with my co-host danny neary
2: hey everybody
1: um, and also, our other coast host, Jim Ryan. How are you doing, Jim? Greetings. <laughs> I am terribly beleaguered, but I am enjoying it.
2: <laughs> Jim is flustered for- because he's doing all our tech stuff, and we're just sitting here coasting by. Oh yes, yes.
1: <laughs> Thank you for allowing us to uh, to invade your Twitch um stream today so oh, it's it's awesome it's totally awesome i'm so glad to to share it with you <laughs> <laughs> All right. today we've got a lot to talk about with uh money cook games stuff mostly
0: uh numenera discovery and Des- destiny that just launched yesterday um uh, we've been pouring over the books uh some of us had them earlier than others from gen con and kickstarters but you know we've been uh Pouring over it. We've got a lot of good goodies to talk about. Mainly, we're going to talk about the communities today, uh, the fun little additions to the new Monero world um, of the players being part of a community and having to grow that community and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm excited for that to come.
2: And, Andrew, but, are we going to make our own?
0: We may. <gasps> we
1: just may.
2: With some help from chat, maybe? Could
1: yeah, be if yeah, you're there. there. Yeah, <laughs> totally. This is this is the time to do it. If you're uh, if you're there watching live right now, um, yeah, we, we may uh, we may ask for uh, for a few prompts. Should anyone be willing to give them out?
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how have you guys been? It's been a while since we've been able to meet. We um, with Gen Con sort of draining everybody, so uh, we kind of took a month off of a live recording. So how how you been, Danny?
2: It's been going. I've been uh, keeping busy and happy to be here. This is kind of cool, like, hanging out with you and getting to <laughs> chat and stuff. So I've missed you all. I've been playing a bit on Jim's stream, which he's picking up some big speed here.
0: Yay! Yeah, how about you, Jim? You watched a, a Twitch stream for yourself in, in the end. Um, Jim, how's that going for you?
1: I have been doing just fine. Um, it's uh, It's been kind of crazy. I've, been, uh, I, I've, I've started doing this whole streaming thing. It, it has me in its clutches. <laughs> And uh, so, but it is glorious. I don't think I'd have it any other way. It's a combination of my various gaming addictions and theatrical addictions all sort of rolled into one. And so I'm uh, having a heck of a time with it so far. Cool. Cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. So it looks like it's a lot of fun.
0: Are you guys? play A little bit of We Happy Few and other games. So yes, that
1: too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, what about you? Oh,
0: I have been neck deep in everything uh, Boy Scout, or the Cub Scout related in work. Uh, that that's kind of been my life for the last uh, last couple months. So uh, my my son is uh, is six and joined the Tiger Tiger Cubs, and uh, they drafted me to be his uh, his his den leader on that. So nice. uh, I've been doing a lot of lot of leadership stuff on that and having a good time. You
2: know. So what are the chances of you running some like new for the Boy Scouts? Uh,
0: I don't know. Probably not. Cup uh, Maybe some. No, thank you. Evil. I've been oh, trying to I figure know. out how to fit that in, but uh, see, see if I can get that in. But probably not Numenera yet. They're still kind of six and seven and eight, oh, yeah. you know?
1: So I, I look forward one day to the adoption of the Ninth World badge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, with a uh, new Monera discovery and Destiny coming out, um, it was also launched or announced just recently that the Building Tomorrow supplement um, by uh, Bruce and Sean will be coming out later this month. So, not only do you get you know a ton of new ciphers a bunch of new uh community related stuff things to threaten your players haphazard community with destroy it with evil things you also get to give them a nice companion creature to uh to to torment as well if you're going to be that sadistic of a gm
2: i mean these things happen yeah i know
0: Uh, it looks like a really cool little uh, uh, supplement book that they've got coming out sometime later this month. I'm not quite sure the date. It says mid-October. So it's the 4th now, so...
1: I like that they're putting out something that is very specifically about looking forward. It's very much about how to advance the setting. A lot of settings have, like, a metaplot, where the company will release additional splat books as time goes on, and they advance the plot in the background. So yeah, This looks like something where they're uh, trying to put that more in the hands of the players. And I really like that. I really like I, that approach to it.
0: Yeah, I've always liked Numenera had sort of like, all right, here's all these hooks of possible threads of where the world's going or what's going on or things like that. And they kind of sort of have stepped back. They haven't done novels that are big. Like this is the story of the world. It's more of like, here's a small area and what's going on here. And here's a small area what's going on here. So it allows you as a, as a GM to go, you know what, here's a big meta plot that my players are involved in and they're shaping the future of Numenera this way, you know? And I think that's really cool that, you know, they give you all the tools so you can do it yourself um, and have your own canon of Numenera, um, rather than, you know, having to adhere to an existing cannon.
2: Because if they give you a set cannon anyway, it's not like you're going to break your, you know, your your group is going to break it anyway. So <laughs> it's just giving you the tools to actually build one and not salvage one that you've, you know, destroyed that's written in stone.
1: Yeah, and it looks like they're doing uh, just, just, I'm just looking at the bullet points right now that they've uh, put on what's included. So it looks like they've got um, stuff that might, I, I from the way I'm interpreting it, it is for... Uh, that, that might be good for folks who've had a campaign going for a while too. Mm-hmm. Um, something where it's, uh, you know, it's like these bigger and bigger challenges or just going further and further out. And so I think it's also going to be something where it's like, okay, let's, uh, let's color in the edges of the map now because that's where we've got our campaign. So you now have more stuff to throw out there as well.
2: I think we have some sad news that came out in the Monty Cook Games world that Invisible Sun is out of stock right now. Ah! Oh yeah! Right, well, this just came out, so uh,
1: they did just announce that, that Invisible Sun is out of stock. I, uh, for those of you watching the stream, this is my surprise face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was—it's just so good. How was it not going to just fly out? You know, if you were hesitant on, you know, it was a pretty big ticket item uh, price-wise, and so if you were hesitant there about picking it up, and then you actually see it in person, you get to play it. There is no hesitation. It's like you know, I need that. And so yeah, selling out quick was not a big surprise. It
1: yeah. is really cool that that's uh, that that's happened as quickly as it has, and really, uh, it's it's just a very good. Setting. Well, it's
2: not cool if you don't get, if
0: you didn't pick up a copy yet. That is yeah. true. Maybe do a second printing. If hopefully, it, hopefully, you know, that'd be great if it, they can do that. Probably a second printing Kickstarter just to make sure that they have enough uh, interest and what have you, and then that way they can fund more additional things rather than the you know in addition to what was it the book of m they've got coming out soon
2: that's not a bad idea and we'll still be figuring out all the secrets by that kickstarter anyway so if you have it you're gonna still be like sort of what they did with uh
0: with the no thank you evil second kickstarter to you know hey we've already had a print on this so let's 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 bring some more copies so i think that's a yeah possibility granted there's a lot of pieces in in, in invisible sun that they got to worry about not my job though so hey (laughs) i'll speculate
2: there is some happier news then. Uh, the new season of Cypher Play is out, or coming out there, that Sean Reynolds and Bruce Cordell wrote. Uh, it's oh, new yeah. here. Keep in, uh, the Keep in the Badlands, it is. So
0: I've run you some know, I Play. have to find a local shop somewhere near here. There's not many in
1: Charlotte, surprisingly. We have more than we think. used to. That's uh, the, the, So there is there is that. Uh, in my area, the two that are around here close oh. down. Oh, yeah, that's so. right. You're, 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 you're way to the west, yeah. 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 So figure, I'm like, I got to ah! figure that out. I got to figure that out. But uh, Danny, are you still uh, you're still running stuff weekly out uh, up in the Rhode Island lens?
2: <laughs> I've been a little bit um, taking up my time with all the streaming I've been doing. But there is uh, bucks on the table. I'm going back to my local game store and running Cipher Play again because it's so awesome. And you know, it's this incredible adventure and everybody that's playing it gets a copy of it as you go along so you know you get to run it for your friends after and they're written by all stars and Mm -hmm. it's free so if you're looking to play like go ask your friendly you know local game store and have them pick it up they can
0: i wonder how they feel about being run on stream
2: (laughs) Ooh, i'll run that interesting I'm not sure I think it's people oh, ideas <laughs> so. well I volunteer to GM if you get the red flag I mean the green flag
0: <laughs> well we wanted to talk today about um, communities what do y'all think about communities in Numenera um, in the I think it's Destiny book. Yes, the wonderful Destiny book that they have out. Um, they added a lot of uh, ideas of, of the players in Numenera sort of having a place that they call home, and it could just be uh, a base of operations, or, you know, that they, they level up as they as they do things. Or it could be an actual community that they found and draw father, followers or a community that they sort of, you know, it's their home and they want to make it better. And it's, a, it's already a pre-established pre game So
1: uh, what do you all think about this idea? I'm really glad that they've, uh, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for world building though. So, I mean, that's, uh, I was already in the bag with this one.
2: <laughs> as a GM, I love it too. So I don't get to play much, which I miss, but I also absolutely love playing it. And so I love that players are going to be creating their own thing. And as you said, Andrew, it gives you a lot to work with, uh, whether you're tearing that place down or, you know, making some conspiracies in there. It's awesome to have the players hands-on making their world. Yeah. And giving you the, the world to work with, that makes makes our job easy. Easy as a GM. Yeah,
0: I think yeah. Um, another interesting thing that they, they they added, and I have a lot of fr- friends that are big fans of uh, the Eberron campaign setting and stuff like that. And in with uh, with with Numenera, Discovery, and Destiny, they talk more of uh, of transportation and vehicles and stuff like that. So you could make it this sort of like let's traverse more of Numenera. Um, with, with these modes of transportation and, and go around and stuff like that that uh, you know that you could be sort of a you know ninth world hopping kind of a, a party and, and go solve problems in different areas and and see a global conspiracy that your players are trying to to interact with or stop or something like that that uh, you know has that more pulpy feel to it like you could create that um, they've got sort of that those vibes and some of the things that they've, uh, they've put out. So I like that aspect of it for my, for my Eberron's fans. I was never, never knew much of Eberron until, you know, but I've had, heard a lot about it from, from players.
2: So you're speaking of that, like uh, with all these modes of transportation, there can be very distinct places in the ninth world that have totally different personalities and you're making the yeah. community.
0: Look, one of my favorite communities that they've added is called Rathathrum. And it is basically a community that is existing on top of a big giant flea-like automaton that sort of roams around the ninth world. And it's got a bazillion legs to it. And some of the legs aren't working. And so all of them are starting to fail. So there's like the, the players might have to like make sure the thing survives because if it falls over, then everybody in the community is in big trouble, you know? And so you have this community that that is wandering around the ninth world. So that way you can sort of have, you know, Hey, when you leave the community, you're in a different area today. That kind of thing. So, but but it also like can roam on a track, so they visit the same places over and over again after a while. Or, you know, maybe they learn how to steer it. Who knows? So there's a lot of fun little ideas about this sort of community on the back of a giant automaton flea type creature.
2: Talk and, about having to take care of your environment, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's the, the, the There's also this kind of. Um, metropolis now was yeah, the, the old uh feel to it where you've got the people that live above the flea and the people that live in the flea that, you know, make the machine work, the people that live above the flea that just sort of survive, that kind of thing. So it's like the, that that old uh very, very old little sci-fi movie metropolis, where it's, you know, you got the mm. people underground and are keeping everything working together. So mm. i was like, all right, you got that feel to it. I thought that was pretty neat too.
1: That, so. That's actually that's a very cool idea to uh, to uh, just just applying that. It's uh, it, it didn't click in my head until you said Metropolis, and now I'm like, and now I'm just sort of thinking about it. Yeah, it'd <laughs> be really cool uh, to have something set there.
2: The one I really like from Destiny, um, it's Th- Fo- foiler. I'm terrible at pronunciation, but it's basically um, a community that's built on the back of like living sea creatures with shells. Uh, yeah. and they've learned how to like, control their environment and like shape the, you know, move the shells a certain way so they can move. But people, you know, live their whole lives and never actually step on a piece of land. Uh, I love the idea of a living environment, whether it be your walking, you know, flea that's made out of you know <laughs> Numenera, or actual creatures that they're manipulating. And uh, there's a lot to work with as a GM thinking about. I mean, these are interactive worlds; they aren't just a piece of you know dirt. Lots, lots to play with.
1: And that's a really cool take on the uh, on, on that uh, that that idea of that legend. The village on the back of a giant animal uh, type. Oh yeah!
2: Thing. Oh yeah! Is that the turtle? Yeah, it's the always turtle? the
1: island turtle. You know, yeah. <laughs> most often it's the turtle. Yeah, but I, I, there was a, a video game I remember briefly. Um, that at some point, I can't remember exactly when it was. I want to say it was like somewhere in the late '80s, early '90s. But there, there were segments of it that you would play. That uh, some of it you it's, it, you would find out at least twice during that game that you were actually on the back of some giant animal. And uh, one of them, I think it was a turtle, and then there was another where it was like on the back of like a giant bird. And so you would so you would be fighting. Uh, it's one of those scrolling fighting games, right? And so you'd be there, basically fighting enemies, and then suddenly the uh, the sky would move all over the place, and you're like, "What's going on?" And as you get closer to the edge, you can start to see like the, the head of the animal. And you're like, "Oh dear!" <laughs> and I can't remember what that game is called, but uh, I I do remember uh, something about that. But I digress. I'm sorry, <laughs> just sort of wandered off whilst this is uh, whilst this is happening but uh, as i was looking through the book uh the one that uh the the one that really grabbed my eye was rashid um where uh that's that's the one where we finally find out what that, that bridge that mummified giant bird looking <laughs> thing is <laughs> yeah uh, it's a uh,
0: bridge over the span yeah that looks pretty cool
1: I really like that, because there's just this whole thought, j- just that you go under there and you and you get the, uh, and, and the whispers come to you, uh, but you have to make this huge trip to be able to, you know, back and forth in order to be able to act on the knowledge, and they don't know whether it really has anything to do with all the, the doors in the mesa that they're trying to get into, which is, that's the thing, is way up on, a me- on top of a mesa, there's a bridge spanning from this mesa to the next one, essentially, and, uh... And in order to get back and forth, you've got to pass under this uh, thing that looks like a giant bird's head. But that's where the whispers come to you. And uh, I think they, 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 you can have it, they affect people in different ways. The Catholith, I believe they call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I really liked that. I think that's a, sort of a cool environment, especially as a GM. Because it's just small enough, I think, uh, as a community and isolated enough that you can get a real feeling of paranoia going, especially since they've got uh, you know some uh, they, they've got a bit of uh, intrigue going on with the with the leaders of the place and mm-hmm. uh, between them and also the clave that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like yeah. the fact you know little communities that have their own
0: like, thing that's going on like the whispers and so they sort of develop their own sort of religion around it or mythos around it and so you know now you've got the players interacting with that and you know oh it's of course it's not real you know that that kind of thing is what they're thinking but hey you could always make it true you know that it 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 lends uh lends some mystery to it so you don't have to you know just adhere to i'm sorry it's it's not true you know yeah
2: any environment that's whispering secrets or lies to your players are just
1: oh <gasps> yes, and, <laughs> glorious. But of course, as a, uh, a as a Cthulhu fan, I'm very familiar with that sort of thing happening in campaigns, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, and so you know where I would go with it. <laughs> dark, dark,
0: dark, dark places. Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: Just on a side note, my kids are super excited because they actually get to watch this podcast because it's one of the few podcasts that's they're able to watch that mommy's on. So they're uh, so excited. I, you know, they, they're gonna think they know all of you in the morning. So
0: yeah, we didn't have a A. This is a PG or PG13 related discussion on the yeah. type of podcast. So I'm glad we've kept it that way before.
2: <laughs> I am behaving. <laughs>
1: Uh, yes. Yes. Right now we can, we can still, we can mark up the days since incident chart, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Uh, for the, for the live, uh, watcher viewers, uh, yeah, live watcher viewers. I, I can talk today for the people watching live. You can't, you, you can't edit out the, the bad words anymore, Jim.
1: No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It's, uh, I'm not that concerned about it necessarily. I mean, people swear on the, uh, on the, the various games and stuff that I run, uh, or, or that I host here, um so it's it's not too big a deal for me. I I it's not a problem so much I think if you swear on Twitch. Um yeah. on the podcast yeah. that's going to get edited out should it happen, but
2: uh <laughs> So I just want to share with you listeners that are listening live right now. So what happens is you get a spike that Danny just swore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you've been doing admirably just so you'll know. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Now that I completely derail this. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, what are some of the other uh, community-related
0: uh, rule sets that uh, that sh- that you looked at or thought were really interesting, um, Jim?
1: So, when you say the uh, the rule sets, are we talking about the uh, just the, the how they put it together, or are we talking about just the different rules? Well, what, what the concla- different rules? Are we talking about the different communities specifically?
0: I- I'm talking about just the different rules of like. Um, studying out a community and like how your players can interact with building new things in the community and like having projects that they work on. And I, like
1: how- that. I like it quite a bit. Uh, the I, I liked that you've got these uh, categories that you can essentially just use to make, it, it's kind of in a way uh, <laughs> like the community is a character, but also not because uh, the, the only way in which there is direct sort of one-to-one Interaction uh, through that is uh, is with hordes, which uh, is uh, is quite interesting. It's basically anything out there that might threaten the community, um, like a literal horde of creatures, or maybe it's just one really big creature, or any number of other things, natural disasters, things like that. So that's where this community's various stats can get attacked. But also, as decent shorthand, if you have say a, a as a rank three community. Then that means that on average, most of the things that a PC encounters uh, are going to be level three challenges. But they're not necessarily attacking the entire community at once. It's just you know the individual thing that you uh, the thing or person that you meet there.
0: See, I really like the idea of you know having your players go out in a community and, and, and have something that they work on. Like I could see the glaives sort of helping train the city guard. And if you read any of my set pieces, uh, you know, that I've done, I'm really, I really, really like killing off NPCs. <laughs> so it's like, all right, they train the guard. It's going to be, I'm going to have this one NPC that's, you know, this young kid who's struggling and have the glaives sort of help him and mentor him. And then, you know, then the community is being attacked and oh guess who's going to be in peril that one leg. <laughs> That one guard. So, so I, I like that. Is like, all right, have have you know NPCs that are not always adversarial, but more endearing to the PCs, and the PCs care about, and then yeah, putting lives in jeopardy. Yes, so.
2: and then rip them away, Andrew. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Make yes. them care, and then take it away from them. <laughs> mm. Oh, but it's, it's always up to the players' roles. Like, I, I'm playing uh, Star Trek Adventures now, and, like, I, red shirts die all the time just because, oh, sorry. Oh, we know we introduced him earlier this show, but you're, you build that role <laughs> on transporters, and he gets blown up, so sorry. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I like that aspect of games of, you know, having people care about stuff. You can't do it all the time. You got to, you know, string them along for a couple episodes usually. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> So, but I, I, I like that aspect of you can establish people that the, the players interact with more than once. You know, it's not, i come to a town, I'm here for a little bit, I meet the, you know, the locals, I solve the problem, I leave. You're not the wandering nomads anymore. So, you, you can have roots for your players. Yeah.
1: I also like that there are, uh, that there are actions that, uh, that you can take uh, that will affect the community in the long term. It makes it seem as though what you are doing matters. (laughs) So I think that helps. Um, And and some of them are class-based, but some of them are just sort of general things anyone can do.
2: It's nice to not just go in and save a community and then walk away to actually have that home base and
0: have rules for it. And it allows you to do things like, all right, you've, you've built the shield, you know, your, your, your crafter is, you know, built this, Numenera device that's shielding the town from the iron wind, you know, and of course you have to have an iron wind attack. So You got to show that, Hey, y'all are helping, you know, y'all have, you know, solved a problem or helped a problem before, you know, mm-hmm. you, your, you the guards are stronger. So they're able to survive something or, or stuff like that. I like, you know, you can't just be like, all right, well, thank goodness y'all did that, but it'll never come into play because y'all did that. You know, <laughs> I, I've seen that happen in games before where it's like, all right, well, why did I just spend this much time doing this? <laughs> yeah.
1: and I mean, I do like uh, they, They've, they've got all these goals in here. You've got just things that uh, in general, discover new areas of interest, enhance community, <laughs> happiness, uh, general <laughs> maintenance, raise a child. Time varies. It says on that yeah. one, Oof. Yeah, time that, that that is a definite time commitment.
2: <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, you could be playing a race where it's like three days—the gestation period, right? That's true. Right. That's true. So, speed things a little. Or, 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 or do they mean you know when the child's you know
0: two time seems to pass at one way when the child's fifteen it seems to pass at a different
1: level? Is that what they're talking about? Maybe. <laughs> well, that's just everyone. <laughs>
2: Or you could make a cipher up, a quick birth cipher, where you, you know, pop the pill and all of a sudden like growth is just like boom and you know. Guaranteed to work within twenty-six hours. I'm trying to figure out if if that's <laughs> something I mean, that would
1: be a great innovation. I'm just trying to figure out if that would be a good thing or a bad thing.
2: I'll tell you what, nine months of being a designated driver, I would speed that along.
1: Fair. Very fair.
0: All right. Do y'all want to think maybe what would we make as a community? Mm. What kind of community would you wanna make? And that's the, the the fun thing about like, you know, the ninth world is you can sort of set something anywhere and sort of like, all right, it's you know, a floating head, it's uh you know, an underwater community, it's uh you, you can do pretty much anything and and sort of like I like the idea of when when I start my next cipher, you know, campaign, I wanna sit around or Next Numenera campaign, I want to sit around with my players and have a sort of build a community together that they're invested in from the start and then build characters to live in that community. So I think that's a sort of a cool idea. Um, And so let's try to, what do y'all want to build as a community?
2: I don't know about building, but something, you know, you're talking about the big giant flea really makes me want to run a game with like characters that are actually really huge and like basically like they're stepping on these ninth world structures, but they're just like little things to them or really, really little ones like in the Jade Colossus that are just taking up this one room. And like, you know, every, all these ventures come in and they're giants and I don't know. I'm just. We could play
1: with that. That's uh, I mean, as far as if we're, if we're doing a a bit of a brainstorm, um, we could do something where you have uh, an area uh, where they're having to live side by side with a much smaller race. Ooh, and and you have to be careful because they're for some reason dispersed throughout this town that may or may not be there to help protect them for whatever reason.
0: All right, so all right, you, you have gold travels. I'm thinking, but then also <laughs> I was like, all right, brownies and Willow. You know, the little ah, yeah. Willow, yeah. So, all right, <laughs> yes, it's got a big community of these guys that are living in the same area. So what what is this area that we're living like? What's the huge main feature that they're, that they're living in? Um, that's so dichotomy of like big and small, like intermixed. Because I wouldn't want to be like, all right, you don't go into the small district. Cause no, no, I want them intermixed.
1: I, I think it also we should it. invite anyone who might be watching right now in uh, in chat to, uh, to throw in ideas as well as we're sort of going with this.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, so a structure that's beneficial to both that... Well,
0: well, I mean, or, just type of community is, is there is there big what what feature of this area makes it so there's big and small living amongst each other?
2: Um maybe the small just can't get out because of some type of like atmospheric difference. I mean, we know the ninth world is really screwed up in in the best way possible. So perhaps they're uh I don't know, if you played one of um the cypher plays, they had like a, a big bubble with like an actual own atmosphere inside and own, you know, everything was it sustained itself, so I'm thinking of some reason why the little ones can't, the smaller, pe- you know, race can't move on. I, oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would want the little people to be, uh, you know, to 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 well, to to have like to be player characters. I want I want my you know one and a half foot tall player
1: character. All so. right. <laughs>
2: see, we the, want them freedom.
1: See, with something like this, there'd probably be room for doing it either way. Yeah, um, but uh, something that occurred to me uh, is, and this is okay. Uh, forgive me for making this reference but did uh, did you see the the movie downsizing that came out I think sometime last year
0: I have not but I remember a lot of the commercials
1: it looks good that's that's okay um, <laughs> it, uh, it, it uh, was not received incredibly well uh, but I think there was a cool idea in there possibly worth harvesting uh, what if you've got... Uh, A situation where maybe some of the smaller people used to be bigger people and there's some sort of field that or some sort of uh, uh, effect going on that changes them over. Does that sound uh, reasonable or do do we think it's, it's better for it to be a completely separate race? Or maybe there is a separate race down there and you can – there's a way to transfer back and forth to their scale. It's-
0: ah, I, I, so, so I, get, I, I see this is there is a weird quirk in the area, sort of like you know the, the, the one of uh, the shadows that sort of has the, uh, the things of the past sort of happen. Um, it was a weird quirk in the area that will shrink you or make you big, mm-hmm. and, but you'll stay that way for an indeterminate amount of time. And maybe there is something like there's a Numenera structure that is small, that is tiny, that goes underground. And the only way to get into it is when you're small. And so, and there's a lot of things to mine there. There's a lot of Numenera pieces there. There's a lot of iodums in there, maybe. And so when you're small, you want to go and venture. And you when you're big, you just sort of have to make sure that you uh, let the community continue to grow and, and survive so that when there's, when you're, you know. When you're small again, you can go out and, and into that structure.
1: We've just had uh, something that I'm, I'm thinking as uh, we just had a suggestion in chat about the small community living off the wastes of the larger community. Um, what I'm thinking is what if that structure, maybe originally, and maybe some of what they've recovered is that it was perhaps some sort of waste processing plant.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez!
1: And so you've got certain things that are recycled and they figured out how to recycle certain things. And are using that to basically uh, give supplies to the uh, to the smaller community when they Oh, it. maybe it's a like a, a, a recharges ciphers or mm. reactivates
0: numenera, you know, that kind of thing down there. And so people come to the community by and large to to get their ciphers recharged or the little pieces of numenera recharged, and. Uh, you know, reactivated and then while they're there, they get shrunk and now they've got to stay there till they're big again. And that kind of thing.
2: And thank you. Uh, Spigs from Cypher Unlimited for that suggestion, because just yeah. that one line is, is maybe the small communities live off the waste of the larger community. <laughs> Think of all the things we're doing with that. How many places yeah. that can go and how dark it could get. I, or I, like,
1: how- <laughs> I, I like the idea that maybe they refer to it as the size tax.
2: <laughs> when you
1: go in to refresh your Cypher. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you must spend a certain number of days, perhaps, or however long it takes, uh, small. Maybe there, it's not that. It's just that there's a line or there's a lot of, like,
0: it, it takes a while to do that. So while you're in the town, if it happens to you, it happens to you. Now mm-hmm. you're stuck there having to take part in the community. Ah, you know, yeah. you got you got drafted or, you know, you, the lottery of, of this. Oh, sorry. You know, it, you're up. So... <laughs> You know, and that's That's kind of in the bylaws of, of the community system. It's like if you're small, you have to go do this, you have to take
1: part. So I like that. I like that a lot. There could be like an effect going around that maybe it's maybe it's from the plant itself. Uh, that maybe it had something to do with uh, how they were whoever it was that built it perhaps some of that whole management of things that building was about might have been about making things smaller to uh, aid in storage and what have you and so that might have been kind of just that that part of it is sort of that its operation is sort of broken loose and is happening around the area randomly. <laughs> <laughs> So, I could see
0: a rumor being that maybe some people of the constabulary actually control it or know, you know, Ooh. know how to make sure that certain people turn small and big and stuff like that, so that, that it's not exactly random.
1: Maybe that's a rumor going on. And that's you know that they have to oh, go Pharisees. Well, that's very interesting that. because that automatically kind of pits them against you know and any Eon priests that might be coming out. Um, because then that's very clearly, uh, they're trying to, uh, maybe if the rumor is true, they might be running a racket essentially to Mm -hmm. keep that information in a very small circle Uh and, uh, and, uh, you know, adventurers coming in threatens that.
2: That's going to be my favorite part is making the threats.
1: Yeah. What's another interesting rumor
2: or
0: um, that you can think of for this kind of thing that might don't have to be related to, to, to the making it small or big, or maybe, maybe there's a rumor that there's something deeper in the, in, in the Numenera structure, you know, that there's a, there's a great power source in there. There's something that, you know, while you're in there, instead of you're just recharging ciphers, that there's actually something greater that you can go look for, fight, hmm. or discover. I guess not fight.
1: (laughs) I'm wondering if there's like, I I don't know how, uh, how how deep we want to get with this, but I'm wondering if there's maybe supposed, if there may be supposed to be uh, caverns beneath the thing. And uh, what if there is some thought that there are actually, and and I I know this sounds a little weird, especially, you know, uh, uh, geographically, but what, uh, what if there are uh, giants living down there? Um, which does you know it's it's like maybe these were something went horribly wrong with the machine or maybe these were the related in some way to uh, whatever previous world the the machine had been built in. It's hard to say, but uh there's like maybe a couple of ruins down there that look like they were built for larger creatures. Yeah, I mean, maybe
0: you know, it makes you smaller. What happens if there's, you know, it goes the opposite way while you're stuck down there and you have to live in this other underground area. That's much bigger.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Or, or there's people that are just much bigger walking around down there while you're small.
2: But the rumor is you're just in one little like snow globe and that actually you're, <laughs> you're nothing. And every once in a while, somebody disappears and they've transcended into, you know, watching over <laughs>
1: Actually, if you bring in uh, the idea of ultra-terrestrials into that, you can totally make that work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I would do it anyway. But, uh, you know, the thought that maybe uh, maybe occasionally, and this is still the, uh, the big and small thing that we're sort of playing off of, but what if there is this point where it's like the walls or the... I don't know if the town would necessarily have a force field per se, but what if there's a thing where occasionally people have perhaps had these dreams where... There's someone. There's a huge finger tapping on the glass on the outside, and there's not supposed to be glass there, but they perceive it for a moment, just a split second, <laughs> as though there are uh, there are huge creatures out there that are actually watching this uh, this community. It's, uh, yeah, you could go that route. <laughs> it's it's a bit meta. It's it is a bit meta. That's true. <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, I mean, playing with that whole sort of gulliver's gull- travel motif, kind ha- of, you, you can do a lot with that. So I think that's all right. So um, I guess we've what? What are we naming in this community?
1: That's an excellent question. Hmm. I was just getting ready. Names. I was just getting ready to go to fantasy name generator for a moment and see if there's. <laughs> cool. uh, uh, I
2: like to chat for names when I'm streaming, and I think. On Tuesday's D D game, the town ended up being Gronkberry. Oh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was something else, but then we named it Gronkberry because I'm from New England and the Patriots are Gronk oh.
1: <laughs> I remember witnessing there. that. I was, I was. <laughs> I, I will admit, I was a little bit tilted after that because I was sitting in there trying to type so many things, and it's like. It was oh, the <laughs> I was, in there, I was in there throwing out like a bunch of things both silly and non-silly and then it ends up All right, okay, okay, fine, yeah. we'll go with that <laughs> But it was that—that uh, That is true, if anyone has a, has a recommendation for a name for such a place then
0: Well, that, well that's oh. the great thing about Numenera, you could just name it, you know you know, splash the keyboard and alright, there's your name <laughs> <laughs> This
1: is true This is true um, I'm just trying to see what would make a good basis off here if I want to, if I want to play with that. Obviously this is in the beyond somewhere. Yeah.
0: Um, oh no! let me go get my atlas,
1: we'll go so find out. the, uh, the Pegasus name generator, uh, is giving me, uh, names like, uh, uh sort of Latinate names or, uh, well, sort of Greek, Latin, sort of, Eurydras, mm. or, uh. Caparius, Tyrosus,
0: I meant guidebook. Tyrosus. What was that last one? I like Tyrosus.
2: I like Tyrosus. Yeah.
1: T y r o s s u s, or or some variant of that.
2: And I'm sorry for going out there. I just want to like play a world at some point where like.
0: Just like, go, go out there That yeah, was, you yeah. know, no no that fits right in that was mm. totally cool no, that was I awesome. was totally fine with like the I like the idea of you know having a transition having like there, there's got to be a hook and you know having alright your players you know one of your players gets turned small I mean now what do you yeah. do with this you know <laughs> that kind of thing what happens if all the players turn small then we know oh it's not random is it
2: so Ooh. What if there's magical like not like candy like I think Alice in Wonderland like eat me and you can, like, oh. you, can you can if you get the special cipher you can.
0: Oh, I'm yeah. sure there are like people that are selling, you know, uh herbs or 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 potions or concoctions that oh drink this or you know this will stop you from becoming small this will you know this will protect (laughs) you while you're here
1: you know these these charlatans out there
0: selling these things
1: yes oh i love that taking
2: all your hard-earned shins
1: pretending they know how to how how to get at it when in fact they don't yeah i like that idea so or is do we like tyrosis is that a good name for yeah sure I think I'll. Uh, it's. Uh, we'll just do uh, one S in the middle. T Y R O S U S, just to simplify that. Perhaps yeah. um, the. Uh, what what uh, did we want to think about? What uh, what rank this community might be? Anything like that? Um.
0: Yeah. Let's look at that. Um, Size wise, I wouldn't see more than you know. I would say a couple thousand at least. Yeah. Uh, because you, you've got this whole structure working with uh, you know you, you've got a laws you got people that are controlling all of that so I would say at least rank three Let okay me see what the ranks mean
1: yeah well I mean with that level of uh, with that effect going on if they're if they actually have an ability to control it uh, somewhat then yeah I can see that I can see that
0: yeah rank three can be up to 10,000 people so yeah. I mean as yeah. small as three hundred, so it's uh, a big swing there. But yeah, and like the question is, how do you count the tiny people? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I mean, do they? You know, when the town's being attacked, uh... there's a census worker. <laughs> yeah. No, I not like you know, you know, are they counted as uh, you know full populace when when? Yeah. You know, when the town's under attack by a horde of abhumans is know. is there anything
1: they can do if the town gets attacked or is the or i mean is there something where they're able to you know,
0: they oh i something? bet you there's like near the mine there's this whole little tiny like house and like temporary housing set up for everybody to live in and stuff like that while they're there um oh so. yeah Storms mm. and stuff like that so there's just like this little you know dollhouse type community sitting over yes here in the corner oh you know? i
2: love it
1: yes exactly
0: you know yeah. you know then there's stuff that people have left behind and stuff you know yeah well, I'm big because they don't need it anymore so it's all this sort of like you know maybe notes from people or or, or or little maps of the inside of people that have delved deeper than they should have kind of thing so yeah that's a neat idea too yeah so.
1: Yeah. So that, uh, that would make it roughly, and this is, you know, this is, again, this is, um, they say that you can, you can, uh, change these depending on, uh, how you, uh, um, how you want to look at the community and the different, different factors. This is more of a guideline necessarily than a rule specifically, but it would give it like, there, there's a a health score, which is usually like about what, like three times the, uh, well, the infrastructure is usually about three times the, uh, the rank, right. so that'd be that. Yeah. So the the structures there, perhaps that around uh, would would put it at around nine, and also well, yeah. And it, so it's the same also for health. So they so they, they about nine health, about nine uh, infrastructure. Um, Don't
0: worry, your and, glaive yeah. can't you know swing it his heavy weapon and kill the community. That's well, yeah,
1: exactly. It's not. That's not <laughs> it's
0: not the same kind of ranks you know, of, of yeah. you know of you know of, a monster or what have you. Yeah. So.
1: And unless we want to say that, that, that this, uh, this uh, plant or structure or uh, whatever it is um, also has some effect on that, perhaps, that might change uh, how well defended it is, That uh, does it give the community armor in some sense, do we think? Hmm. It could. I mean, um, or it could not. I mean, yeah. hmm. It's an interesting question. Since essentially it supposedly happens at random yeah um, and and maybe that's what they use as defense is they've spread the word
0: i mean mm. hey you know no one wants to attack this town because while there they might shrink you know,
2: you know <laughs> oh that's very cool yeah know, that's
0: good that's, that I kind know. of thing is you know it's it, you spread the word of that this this thing happens here uh but then again, you also want people to come and bring their ciphers, so you can tax them, and you know, yeah. it, you know when they when they get them refreshed. It's like so. a Psychological
1: defense, almost in a way, and that's I, yeah. I like that a lot. That might give it something. I mean, I I'd, I'd totally give that like if uh, sort of like at least a, a, a level of armor, just as far as people attacking it are a little hesitant to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just anyone who knows about it are going to be trying to be careful if they're uh, if they're attacking the place?
2: Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. I like this. We should run this sometime. Yes.
1: That's my next question. So when are we playing
2: this?
1: (laughs) All right, I'll have to just listen to the
0: podcast, write it all down, and then, all right, so then the next step would be like, all right, so who are some of the authority figures in the town and what's really going on? Let's let's, let's build a faction in the town. Let's do, yeah, it's like, All right, you're going to build all these things, you know, these little seeds. uh, And then,
1: you know, then you're like, all right, what are you going to play in this world? Yeah, I think it'd be fun to revisit this and uh, and keep building on it,
0: yeah. What are some other things going on non-Cypher related that y'all are interested in or or, or seeing? Are sort of our things of interest section of of our podcast in a way, but, you know.
2: Yeah, I have. A really good one. Oh, yeah. uh, a catacon is happening. It is a gaming convention in Hawaii, Ohio happening in November. Uh, it's really small and intimate. There's always Cipher Numenera going on, but it's one of my favorite cons, and I cannot wait to run games there. So
0: I whatever. almost thought you said Hawaii. I was like, oh. "Well, wait a second.
2: Hawaii, <laughs> so oh, oh. I'm in. <laughs>
1: slightly farther away, but so much more tempting. <laughs> Oh, absolutely.
0: I've yeah. been trying to make a catacomb for a couple years and there's, oh, it's just a bad time for me. Uh, yeah. A year in that one. Died. So.
2: going to pack some plug though, right?
0: Maybe not.
2: Oh, Ooh. I'm sorry.
0: Our other friends dropped out that we're going and we've just had a couple other things. Like we have a, uh, a new exchange student for our semester. So, oh, uh, cool. you know, that we unexpectedly uh, uh, took on. So.
2: Well, that is um, so from from
0: Italy. So
1: we've got a new house guest and stuff like that going on.
0: So hey, uh, we might not make it to PAX uh, this year. I hope to still so maybe, but it's up in the air.
1: I guess I'll go ahead and do my thing of interest. Oh, what you got? That uh, I have uh, as as part of this falling into the Twitch madness that I've been doing. Um, I have been doing some video gaming, and uh, finally, I have had the opportunity to play We Happy Few. Uh, for those of you who have not uh, been playing this or are not familiar with it, uh, it is really cool. It's uh, very much a survival game, um, but it's uh, the, the setting is an alternate history, uh, 1960s UK, uh, 1960s England. And uh, something terrible has happened. They're not... Quite sure what it is because everyone has forgotten exactly what it is that has happened uh, because it is mandatory to take drugs that make you that make you forget uh, and uh, apparently they did something so terrible that they had to forget and the drugs make you happy uh, the drugs are called joy and uh, so you have these these two Sort of communities, one of the folks who are on the inside who are uh, all have these uh, these masks. These are literal masks that they wear on their faces that give them all a smile, and uh, as they they go about their days, uh, utterly unable to remember anything that's happened in the past, uh, censoring anything that might uh, alarm anyone. Then you have the uh, the the folks on the outside, the downers or the wastrels that uh, they've exiled uh, to the outer islands who. Uh, Either have by choice, or uh, more commonly, the drug just sort of stopped working for them, and uh, they're uh, they're out there, and they can remember, and perhaps they don't even want to remember, but they they're starting to remember things, and uh, but it's all it still comes back in bits and pieces, and uh, all that's really, thus far as as I've gotten into the game, what I've pieced together is something different happened in the 1940s, something different happened in World War II, somewhere. Nineteen forty-five to nineteen forty-seven. Uh, there is some indication that hey, well, hey don't spoil it now. <laughs> no, there, there's some indication of this is pretty early on, but uh, there, there's some indication of things happening differently from the way we we, uh, we remember them. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. I'm looking forward to uncovering more and just sort of seeing what's in there. Uh, Diving
0: deeper, yes.
1: Yeah, uh, it's 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 very interesting. I like the aesthetic of the game. Um, it is uh, very much a survival thing, not nearly as uh, difficult as uh, the early uh, survival games. sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah or as, as the um, uh, pre-releases were that oh, okay. uh, you may gotcha. have seen people playing on YouTube a couple of years ago. Um, it's, uh, it's a little easier. I'm finding, I'm just starting on the, the standard setting. Um, so gotcha. it's, it's, not, uh, it's not annoying in that sense. You can actually make it work. Uh, But it's very cool, and I'm looking forward to delving into it. And I recommend anyone who's uh, interested in that kind of thing and uh, games that get deeply psychological to go and check that out. Nice. All right.
0: It does look like a fun, interesting game. For me, uh, my my thing of interest is, uh, other than the Cypher system, my my other game rule set of choice is uh, from... uh, from Free League, the uh, the Mutineer Zero and uh, Tales from the Loop and Corey Alice thing. And they just, they're, they're in the, the midst of the final days of their new Kickstarter, the standalone expansion to uh, Tales from the Loop, Things from the Flood. Um, and this is all still, this is again based off of a uh, Simon Stahlhaag uh, art book and storybook. And it's it takes all right things from the tales from the loop were was the '80s that never were and all of this sort of the wonder. Now we're going to go into the '90s and you play teenagers and it's a little bit darker, a little bit edgier, a little bit more depressing in some regards. And you are uh, the 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 loop has been shut down and water has risen and covered it. and Now. Uh, uh, now some creatures uh, and, and, and things have uh, emerged from the flood and a virus is taking over the, uh, the machines that existed. And so uh, there's new mysteries. So you get your, 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 the band back together from your Tales from the Loop crowd and uh, uh, start exploring some more. But this time, it's more dangerous, you might lose a player. Um, and that kind of thing, it looks, uh, it looks amazing as usual. Simon Stahlhag's art is, uh, awesome. Um, and, uh, the free league has not let me down yet in their, uh, their books and what have you. So I'm really excited about that and can't wait for, uh, for Amazon's tales from the, uh, the loop, uh, tv show and uh wait to see what what happens here so um so if you're watching live go check out the kickstarter if you uh uh, if you're listening to the podcast you can still back it usually off of a backer kit or what have you so Mm -hmm. yeah check it out still um and see if it's something that interests you um it's great stuff they've unlocked a lot of things they're up to uh um they just got their custom dice done and they're about to release a new set of structurals soon
1: so yeah that looks really cool um <clears throat> and also can I just uh, can I just uh briefly say I have been uh, watching an awesome game of tales from the loop that oh yeah has been uh, getting run on uh, on twitch Uh, On Monday nights on uh, the uh, Unmade Gaming on that channel, Um, uh, uh, Greg is uh, uh, has his own channel where he runs a lot of uh, Cthulhu stuff. Over Grimjack two one five oh two is running it, and it is brilliant. Uh, He is doing; he falls so much into the eighties tropes. Uh, He has playlists that uh, he uh, tells folks to queue up at different times. Uh, and uh, the in the uh, he, he's been pretty much hitting uh, most of the uh, the eighties tropes with uh, with this game. He's he's got one of the characters has this little toy helmet, uh, and that's uh, <laughs> uh, it's a Transformers helmet. And he's receiving missions for the group from someone with the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh my god, <laughs> nice. yeah. it's great! And and the, and the GM and Greg does the voice. It's really cool. Cool. it's really cool it's awesome and so i i suggest folks go and check that out that's on unmade gaming on monday night.
0: i think uh tales from the loop and you know tales of the loop has become a sort of a staple after hours one shot game at gen con uh we've done it the last couple of years since it's been out so uh you know la- last year i got to actually play and i was uh you know the year before i ran so i was playing johnny the you know the Karate Obsessed, uh, you know, kid uh, um, who was uh, Johnny, s- yeah, stole Danny's uh, Danny's father because he was the sensei, and you know, so her character didn't have a father My figure, but Daddy wanted a boy. Him. Yeah, exactly.
2: It was so, so much fun playing that. Oh. It's a
0: lot of fun to to, to play that game. It's uh, so maybe ne- maybe next year we'll bring out uh, Tales from the or Things from the Flood as as the as the Gen Con game.
2: I'm gonna clip that. So- <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah i I enjoy running that um as a one shot i'd like to run it a little bit longer um and i enjoy playing it as well it's a lot it's a very fun system so uh just to be just to be teenagers in the 80s or teenagers in the 90s again or kids in the 80s so um yeah it's a uh, it's a fun system i'm looking forward to see what they do with uh, the next one all right and i think um With that, it's, uh, we're about done. So uh, thanks for joining me, Jim and Danny. Uh, Danny, where can people find you and what are you going to be doing lately?
2: Oh, hi. Yes, um, well, on Twitch here, I'm drunk and geekery, but mainly look for me on Twitter. It's at Imperial Scum, but you can see me on Twitch uh, twice a week. On Tuesdays, I run a game called The Dying Kingdom on the Greyhawk channel. It takes place in the Great Kingdom. It's dark. um, It's dirty. And we have actually some really awesome cypher folks on it. Jess, uh, Bursta Hope, who just joined in. Uh, She's on it. And it's a lot of fun. I also play in a Sunday night game called Return to Greyhawk on the Greyhawk channel. Uh, We get a little crazy as in that one. I am on a Shadow of the Demon Lord podcast called Tales of Blood and Stone. And that is also very dark with a mature warning because it goes places nightmares are made of.
0: Yes, uh, it
2: does. I love it. Uh, and here. And I'm so happy to be here. And this is really cool streaming with you guys. And I'm going to see Social Distortion tonight, everybody. So all right. I'll thank you all.
0: All right, Jim. Where can people find
1: you? What are you going to be up to? Indeed. Uh, uh, other than right here on your Twitch channel. Yeah, I'm going to be here a lot. Not I not can enough. tell you that. <laughs> but uh, in uh in various uh, other things, uh, I uh, various other parts of life, uh, uh, I have a short story out. Uh, I've released my first self-published short story. It's out on Amazon for Kindle. It's called Titanic Jocularity, and it's a humorous sort of Munchausen pastiche about Restoration-era nobles flying wooden ships through space. Uh, so, if you think you'd be into that kind of thing, that's. Uh, that's for sale out there. It's a buck uh, <laughs> if you want to pick it up, or if you've got Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free. So okay. feel free to go and check that out. It's the first thing I've ever self-published, so uh, just sort of testing the waters there. Um, and uh, here on my Twitch channel, I play video games on Fridays and Saturday mornings. On and uh, on alternate Saturday afternoons, I have a guest GM who comes over and runs a game of the Cold Ruins of Last Life which is a setting for Dungeon World, where the PCs are all undead. Uh, that one's, yeah, yeah, that's Ooh. it.
2: Like that.
1: Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. That one's a lot of fun. I'm playing a ghost paladin in that. And uh, so it's uh, it's uh, we're, we're finally getting ready to pick that up again this Saturday, and uh, it's going to be real interesting. There's a lot of angst.
2: <laughs> I like one part of that combination, mm-hmm. the ghost part. I hate paladins. <laughs> oh, well,
1: this, uh, he's ah. perhaps uh, his, his cause has perhaps drifted a bit since the time that uh, he was alive. Uh, uh, things might be uh, things might be a bit different for him now.
2: Um, you're, you're not your not my almost brother in law paladin, you played, <laughs> played maybe cry, but uh,
1: also on Sunday, back to uh, Dragonlance once yeah, again. That's, yeah, that's yeah. fair, that's fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, but, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never really got to play dungeon world.
0: I, I want to though. Um, I think it's a, I think the apocalypse world, the uh, uh, rule set is uh powered by apocalypse games are been really fun. I've had a lot of fun playing it, playing those games. So I really like, all right, dungeon world, let's give it a go. All I haven't right. been able to yet. It is so. a lot of
1: fun. Yeah, it's way hey, come around sooner or later. I'm going to get to it in the one shots that I run on this channel. So you never know. All right. Um, and, and on Sundays for anyone who, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, might be interested, I do run uh, one-shots of different games. Usually it's uh, Sunday early evening. Uh, this month I am running a horror urban fantasy game about living nightmares called Don't Rest Your Head. And uh, that was written uh, a while back by Fred Hicks, of uh, uh, who uh, came out with Fate. And uh, so folks uh, at all interested in that kind of thing, feel free to come on by. Um, and, uh, just as far as finding me in general, my handle on both Twitch and Twitter is OtherDoc, that's O-T-H-E-R-D-O-C, and as always, you can find my general geek rambling podcast and links to my various other projects, audio and otherwise, at JimYesThatJim.com. Nice. and uh i am
0: andrew katie and you can find me at uh, my 20 sided dot um, com as well as on twitter at my 20 light sided life um my podcast has been taking a bit of a hiatus but i hope to get that back up and running now that we've started back up a second season of star trek and uh starting to gear up into other games so um hopefully i can get some more out there for that um but um well, it's been a lot of fun with you guys. We we went longer than we expected. Yeah. Uh, we've had a great show, in my opinion. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, I really it enjoyed fun.
0: it. I enjoy doing well, it this way. This is cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations, listeners. You have reached the end of yet another episode of the CypherCast. Um, please uh, email us if you have any suggestions or questions at info at net. You can follow us at Twitter at net. Um, and say, you know, or you can see us here on Twitch now at twitch.tv slash other
1: doc. Jim, you're going to put VODs up of this, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it'll also be on my YouTube channel later on. I think we have a CypherCast YouTube that we might show up as well on there too. Oh, cool. Ooh.
0: Well, I guess that is it for a episode of the CypherCast. Catch y'all next time, everybody.
2: Love you all.
0: Th- now we've got actual people on Twitch. We've got to say bye to.
2: <laughs> I <know. laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to The CypherCast. The Ciphercast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with Monty Cook Games. The opening and closing music is Non-Stop by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. All other music you've heard in this episode is by Jason Shaw of Audionautix.com.